Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. Welcome to Leafs Morning Take. Excited to be on here. Nick Alberga's gone. Jay Rosehill's gone. Stewie, me and you are running the show. Leafs Morning Take presented by Betano. Stewie, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. They finally got rid of the riffraff and we get to do some real Leaf talk here. I'm excited. I know. Seriously. It's one of those things. It's uh, it's exciting, obviously, getting to sit in the big chair here. I, I moved over to the left a little bit, so it's a little bit interesting for me. But uh, tough time right now in Leafland. Obviously, uh, you know, for me, I just got back from Mexico, buddy. So I was down there working on my tan. I come home to Thunder Bay in Canada and the weather is absolutely freezing. Uh, how are you doing up in Toronto? I'm doing well, doing well, just uh, staying busy with the minor hockey. And it looks like uh, you had a good trip in Mexico as uh, you came back uh, looking darker than myself. So that's great. So I know you had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, edging myself out though. I can't I can't do it like I used to. Honestly, we go down there, we brought our kids. And uh, the last few days, it was like they do a direct flight from here. It's Monday to Monday. So we go down and by day three or four, I was gassed out. And my wife was putting the pace she was like you know let's go we got to have fun because soon we're going to be back into it but uh honestly it's good to get back to thunder bay i was excited uh you know the kids have hockey and everything keeps me busy so i can only eat and drink so much you know i i don't have the sports to fall back on anymore i don't want to lose my get too much of a dad bod here i know i got four kids too and uh, i've yet to travel on a plane with all four so we try to keep our trips a little bit local but uh, it's funny when you're on vacation you're like you know what i'm gonna make the most of it i'm not gonna be taking a nap i'm gonna be sitting by the pool having beers and you know by day two or three as you mentioned you're there like man i'm tired i gotta take a nap i gotta sleep it off i gotta check in on the twitter world but uh, it's good to you know get a little bit of r and r and um, again, you're recently retired, right? Two, three years. And again, take the time off, enjoy it. Uh, but, uh, for me, I'm work, 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 work. Yeah. Yeah. That is how it goes right now. I kind of dabble, right? So I'm in this Alberga drug me into this and now I got a few different things on the go and, and it's been fun kind of getting into this world, you know, removed from hockey. It's different on the other side of it, right? I found it tricky now judging players and being critical of guys where I was used to always being in that like backup goalie role where I was like, 
a sounding board for guys. I would talk to guys and and just even even if guys were having a tough day, I would find a way to make them feel better. Where now I'm on the other side of it, and it's like we watch teams play, I watch goalies play, and you have to be critical. That's part of the job. And I, I know you've been doing it a little longer than I have. So I think that's for me my biggest transition here is like being hard on guys when you have to be. Yeah, I had a bit of a realization moment. I think about I think my third week into doing media where I'm like these are what my coaches were talking about me, what they needed me to do when they're talking about urgency and you need to play the right way. And then, you know, play with a little bit of jam. So now that you're on the analyzing stuff and you're watching it from video, you're watching it live, you definitely have a different perspective, but uh, again, it's for me, it's, it's amazing. You get to chat hockey for a living and you know, you had a unique perspective, right? As you're sort of the guy, the glue guy in the dressing room, you got to stay excited. You got to be motivated because you can't be looking, Hey, I'm not playing and, and sort of be a distraction in the dressing room. I was the same way. I was a fourth line guy in and out of the lineup. I sat 45 games one year. Uh, but again, you, you sort of learn uh, for me, especially is, you know, what makes a good team and what makes a team that sort of struggles. So when we're talking about certain uh, groups and uh, teams, I'm not going to say the main beliefs, you sort of know the inner workings of what works and, and why stuff doesn't work. So it, it's a unique perspective. And, you know, I urge, you know, even the common fan out there just talking hockey, it, it's such a great experience, but it's tough. It's tough, especially in this market. And we're going to get into it in a couple of minutes here where every single moment of every single game is being scrutinized. And, you know, I played in some markets with Florida where we had one beat writer where you can have a bad month and they won't ask you to the end of the month. Hey, what happened last month? And you're like, Oh yeah, I didn't even know I had a bad month until you brought it up. So I really, really uh, don't envy the, the players in this market. It's great when you're winning, but when you're struggling, it can get frustrating because they're going to be asking you, Hey, well, we noticed uh, you drove up with uh, your windows up today into the rink. What's the problem, right? So it's it's a different market, but it comes with the territory. A lot of these guys are paid well, very, very well, very, very handsomely, and it comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's the crossy bear plane for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, today you got a couple glue guys here to glue this show together. And the chat's buzzing already, and I'm excited to be here hosting it with you. And uh, for those of you that can get our show it's at at leafs nation 401 on youtube or leafs morning take wherever you find your podcast so stewie we should just get right into it here with uh our first segment here about tree living returning to uh calgary and it's sponsored by doordash brought to you by doordash it's time for the appetizer for a limited time our listeners can get 25 percent off and up to ten dollars in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter the code nation 25 that's code NATION25, all uppercase. That's 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada and subject to change. Terms apply. So Tree Living spent nine years with the Calgary Flames and he's headed back there. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, he's known for a lot of trades and he's done a lot when he was in Calgary. Now going back there and seeing where that team is at, it'll be interesting to see the welcome he gets there. So for, you know, it's it's obviously been a while and I think the way the Leafs are playing right now and the Flames are playing really good. I think I lost Stewie there, but it's interesting, right? Like this has been a tough road trip, right? They go into Edmonton and they lose that game with a 2 nothing lead. And I thought in the first period, they're playing really well. And this team is just finding a way to just lose hockey games at tough times. So I, I think for me, it's one of those things, uh, you know, they need to find a way to be better in their defensive zone, right? And I look at the team that they've put together. Obviously, we've talked on this a bunch with Tree Living coming into, you know, Toronto and what he's done. So I think honestly, just having the fact that he's lost Klingberg to injury, which is like one of those signings that I don't think makes sense to anybody at this point. You know, you sign a guy like that who doesn't do anything that's going to help shore up that back end. Um, and as we get closer to trade deadline, 
you know, what is tree living going to do? He's known for making some big trades and he's, and he's made some trades over, obviously when he was with Calgary, you know, obviously the biggest one dealing Matthew Kachuk out of there, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, I think we got Stewie back there. So no, okay. We don't have Stewie here. This is, this is a good first show for me. So I'm riding solo. So, um, but honestly, um, when we look at Leafs decor, you think of, you know, Morgan Riley being maybe the top four one. Other than that, you know, these guys have been kind of underwhelming. And I think, honestly, Martin Jones has really done a good job of, you know, kind of sealing this leak as Samsonoff's been horrible. And, you know, for Tree Living heading into back to Calgary, you're going to get to watch uh, Tana firsthand, right? So for me, getting this chance to see Tana firsthand and, you know, what is going to be a value, you know, what can they get for Tana? You know, these guys are tough to get, right? Any team at this level of the playoffs or getting into the playoffs and trying to make a push they obviously don't have the d that they need so i think most teams are looking to add a little beef to their back end there's been ties to capo caco with the rangers getting moved to calgary trying to get tanev to come back noah hannafin so it's super interesting to see where these guys are going to end up and i think getting a first-hand look at these guys that could be potential trades will be important for tree living so I just don't know where he stands with Calgary and if it's going to be a love hate with him, especially the way that Calgary has struggled. There we go. I think we got the stew man back. We got you back Stewie yet or what? Thanks for that. I think it was uh Leafs nation cutting off uh, my audio there, but um, you know, just building on what you're saying, it's, you know, anytime you leave as a fan base, they just need a reason to boo you. Right. So yeah, he did have some good years. He brought in some good players with the, with the Calgary flames, but he's coming into uh, a marketplace as a Toronto Maple Leaf with say what you want is probably one of the most hated fan bases and organizations throughout the national hockey league. So I'm sure he might get a video tribute uh, today, but there's probably going to be some boo boards coming out uh, for sure. Yeah. So it's obviously one of those things. And that's a, uh... It's a tough situation because I, I feel like he's done a pretty good job here, you know, with the hand he's been dealt, right? He's got, he's coming into the post Kyle Dubas era where he's got these guys that are on big contracts. Obviously they gave Nylander the big deal and you have all these Fords tied up in money. My concern moving forward is watching this team from the back end and what they're lacking. And especially in goal as well, like we talk about how well Martin Jones has played, but he's probably been, you know, is he coming back down to earth? Is it going to be one of those things? Does Joseph Wall come back from this injury? You know, and now going to Calgary where you're going to watch Markstrom and you're going to watch Vlad are two guys that are potential trade baits. You know, where does Tree Living sit going into Calgary, seeing where they're at? You know, is Calgary going to be a seller here soon? And I have to assume it's going to happen. Well, you, you, you could easily say yes, but you look at where the Calgary Flames are right now. I think they're sitting as of yesterday, two or three points out of the playoffs. So I think he's going to they're going to stand pat, maybe closer to the deadline. And obviously, you know, you saw what Tree Living did before and losing some guys without uh, you know to free agency without trading them. So I'm sure they're going to be making some moves on some guys. But you know what I'm learning now, especially sitting on this side talking to some executives, you know, as a GM, you have to sell wins or you have to sell hope. So if you're going to go and, and trade off all these guys and, you know, you, you finished four points out of the playoffs, are you really going to have hope in getting the 15th or 16th overall pick that's really going to come in and change things? So, yes, you can build through the draft. You can build some assets here. But, you know, Craig Conroy, I believe, you know, he took this job to rebuild on the fly. You're not bringing in a legend like uh, Jerome McGinley to come and sit by your side, to sit there at the basement and sell off all these parts and be, um, you know, at the bottom of the league where – 
your rival is three hours up the road, you know, contending for a Stanley Cup. So I truly believe they're going to retool on the fly. Yes, they're going to make some moves, but for them to sell off all their parts right now and, and tank, I don't think that's going to be the case. So uh, I think Toronto as well, I think that was probably a little bit of a, a media ploy saying, well, we're not making any moves because I think that's going to drive up the price or lower the price on some moves that they potentially make down the line at the deadline. So I think for the Leafs looking at it, you know, can you really upgrade the goaltending position? You know, I think it's apples and oranges, but I think there's no one really out there that you can say 100% is going to be an upgrade. And I have some concerns, obviously the way that uh, Samsonov is playing. And my main concern is, Wall wasn't completely over the hump before he got hurt. He was playing extremely well, but he did not secure himself as a number one bona fide NHL goaltender. And it takes some time when you come back from an injury. You saw Vasilevsky, who was struggling playing sub-900 hockey for his 15 starts. So I think for Toronto, there's going to be a little bit of bumps in the roads, and we're seeing one right now where there's going to be probably a bigger a bigger dip where if they don't get it together, they may be on the outside looking in for the playoffs uh, for the start of February. So um, uh, I think both are going to stand pat, see what they have, have a way to play out of it. But it's magnified, especially in Toronto, the dips, because when you win, the parade is on. And when you're losing, you know what? we got to trade everybody. we got to now start scrutinizing everybody, and the microscope starts to shift. Yeah, no, and I, I couldn't agree more with that, right? Like, I, I love the way that Wall has played up to that point. But, you know, I think it's a great signing by Tree Living. You look at Martin Jones and what he's come in and been able to do it. But, you know, obviously the story's been Samson off. I also think another great thing in Tree Living's direction is the fact that he made Samsonov went to arbitration he gave him the one-year deal imagine they're sitting here right now and they sign Samsonov to like this big ticket like they would be kicking themselves because you know he obviously played really well last year but the way it's been this year he hasn't been that established guy and you know last year having a little more pressure maybe the you know the consistency you know he I think sometimes goalies, what I find is like you're playing under pressure you get in that state and every game is just piling up he's playing well and now all of a sudden, you know, you win that playoff series, you go to the summer, you think you're going to get your big ticket, you're kind of decompressed. And then all of a sudden, you're still back on that one year deal. So he hasn't handled it well. He's had this problem in the past when he's with Washington. So having a guy like Martin Jones as your number three is a great signing by tree living, in my opinion. And obviously, Joseph Wall, he had a shoulder injury not that long ago, the year I got traded to the Leafs. He was out with an injury. That was the year Mrazek was hurt. Campbell was taking his mental breaks whenever he needed them. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind here in net, and they haven't been able to find that guy that's been consistent. I know Freddie Anderson takes a lot of heat for his playoff performances, and he hasn't got the job done, but he's been probably the most consistent goalie the Leafs has had in many years. And, you know, for me, he was one of those guys I held to a certain standard when I played against in the NHL because he just had that bigger demeanor and he he just naturally is a starting goalie where I don't know if the Leafs have had a true outright number one starting goalie since that time. So it'll be interesting to see what they do going down the stretch because I love what Martin Jones has done. Joseph Wall's ankle injury. I've had a few ankle injuries. I had surgery on my ankle. It's kind of the beginning of the end for my career. So I hope he can come back. And this is hoping he regains form. And the Samsonov thing, like at what point are they getting him back in there and seeing if he can get back to form, Stewie? I, I don't know what they do with that guy. Yeah, and we're on the exact same page with Freddie Anderson. And people thought I was crazy when I was saying he was a top five goalie in the National Hockey League. And I said, he was the top five goalie in the National Hockey League to be able to come into this market and handle the highs and the lows. And there wasn't any media controversy with him until he got hurt or until he lost out of the playoffs, until he was on his way out. 
you didn't hear boo. It was all positive for the most part with Freddie Anderson. So that's part of uh, being a goaltender in the National Hockey League. And I want to ask you, like, if you had the opportunity to sign for $1.25 million, uh, in Toronto versus 900 or 950 in Buffalo, what would you take? I, I think I know the answer. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, I think it would depend what phase of my career I was at. Like, I broke in with the Hawks a bit, and then I got my first real one-way with the Predators. And I feel like playing behind Pekka Rene and playing in Nashville, I was like, if we won, we lost. Like, you kind of touched on in Florida. It was... Preds won, Preds lost, no big deal, right? I was protected where these young guys coming into this Toronto market, man, it is tough. Like I had a stint in Buffalo and like they were hard on us, but it's a, it's not the same as playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, man. This is another world. Like even Hildeby, right? He came in, didn't even play a game. He's got a nickname. Everyone's asking where he is. Look how big he, right? And it's like, he didn't even play a game yet. So it's, it, it comes with the territory. And that's why, you know, a lot of guys, they come here to roll the dice because if you win, you are a legend. You know, I was coaching with uh, uh, in the top prospects game in the GTHL with Thomas Caberlet, and people love him because the little success that the Leafs had in the last 30, 40 years, he was part of that for a bit. And he, people love him. People love him. Wendell Clark, they love uh, Tucker. So again, if they win a cup with some of these guys, they're not going to be buying a beer uh, for, for the rest of their lives. But I think for this group, they have to find a way um, just to try to get over the hump, and it starts with goaltending. So that's where everyone's saying, "Well, let's just wait till Hall gets back." So if Wall gets back, I don't know if he's going to be the saving grace. So that's why you know I'm interested to see how Samsonov gets out of this funk. He had a really good start uh, the other night too, because I think they're going to need him. So they're going to need a solid one A, one B. You're not going to get that uh, uh, from the market. So I think internally they have to solve this problem. No, and I agree, and and it gets to a point where you start to look at the coach, right? And for me, it's the structure they play with. Um, They still give up a lot of high-end chances. You know, when I turn on a game and you're watching a a team that plays with more structure, that's more consistent, even the night when we played Carolina, and just, it's relentless. There's no space in the D zone. There's nowhere, this run-and-gun offense that we play in, like you're winning 6-5 hockey games or you're blowing two-goal leads like they have multiple times now. At some point, when do we look at Sheldon Keith and say like, you need to make a move here or cause obviously what he's trying to do isn't setting in and tree living has, you know, he's when he was in Calgary, he's played with a lot of different coaches. He's moved guys. And I know Sheldon Keefe just got his extension, but it wasn't his guy. Dubis hired Sheldon Keefe. At what point do we go? It's time for a coaching change here, or we start moving out some big players and trying to get somebody on the back end here. Well, I, I think they made that decision on, on what the coaching is going to be when they re-signed Sheldon Keefe, right? So again, I don't necessarily think he's the issue. If they're going to ride with them, they, they made that decision. And remember, your your number one um, a priority as a, as a GM is to win. And I think your second is self-preservation, right? So if you fire a coach now, that's only that's one bullet fired. So I think he's going to take his time in, in firing that bullet. And yes, there are some great coaches out there too. But you know, this was a similar situation a couple of years ago. Well, Babcock's the problem. Babcock's the problem. They need a hard, he's too hard on the players. And they come in, they bring a player's coach in. Oh, now they need someone that's hard. So I don't think it's, I think it's a bit of a tale of the Goldilocks and, and the three bears. You're not going to find the perfect coach for this group. And I think it comes down to the players needing to step up and uh, internally, they have to figure this out. Your star players have to be your star players. And, you know, I actually read a great article today by uh, Justin Bourne, and he said the Leafs are dead last in the National Hockey League in ozone possession time. 
When you think about all the offense that they're creating and the activation and the role plays, they are the lowest in the National Hockey League. So that means there's a lot of hope plays, a lot of one and done plays. And you're looking at some of the goals that they've been letting in lately, especially when blowing leads. You think about that. So that is on the coach. Hey, you need to possess the puck. You need to, if you're going to get rid of it, throw it into the corner, uh, relinquish position, have a good F3, have really good transition uh, defense. How many goals have been scored off the rush? You know, for me in Florida, I'm like, if you get scored off the rush from the flank, that's a big, big problem. So I think internally they have to figure that out. And I, I always use the old adage, um, regardless of what your discipline is at the Olympics, whether you're doing the floor routine uneven bars, um, pommel horse, you know how to do a backflip. So regardless, if you're a goal scorer, fighter, you know how to play fundamental defense. You know in the third period, you have to tra- uh, clamp down on defense. You have to have a good F3. You can't let seam passes in. Uh, your D have to pass each other off, uh, pass their man off. They have to protect the goaltender. Really pay attention to those details, and I think that's what they're lacking right now. No, and I agree. I think the stuff you're hitting on, Stewie, is so important. The successful teams I've played on that have, have been good – it's that consistency, the predictability of the hockey where the run and gun, man, it fuck, it's fun to watch, right? Like everyone knows that you turn the you turn a game on when the Leafs are buzzing, it's like, wow, this is amazing. But let's we want a team that's gonna win in the playoffs and not losing that consistency and not having that predictability of their game day in, day out, especially on the back end, is what's gonna push this team over the top. And so I think that's tough to watch. But uh Moving on here, let's, you know, we got a big matchup tonight between the Leafs and the Flames, and it's sponsored by Wendy's. Um, Wendy's is SOG, GAA, and PPG can make or break your week, but don't overlook the BPMM, Wendy's Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt. Sure, it may not help you win the weekly prizes with the Wendy's and daily face-off fantasy, but unlike your prediction, it never disappoints. So try your luck and don't push it because the bacon portobello mushroom melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up for daily face-off today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. So Stewie just crushed that. I might have to go for a, one of these bacon portobello melts after this. Yeah, you know, I'm big, going right uh, here. big. That's a great read. Great read. Very professional. You're you're going to be a host one day. I'm telling you. You keep up with this. You're going to be taking Alberta's job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, honestly, I'm used to just sitting in chairs. Eh? I'm used to sitting on the bench and just opening the door for the boys and cheering <laughs> yeah. guys on. So this was this was the natural next phase for me. But uh, you know, tonight is obviously uh, you know a big one tonight for the Leafs, especially in Calgary. Um, the later start, obviously the same thing with the Edmonton game. I just think Calgary's like, these are two teams almost trending the other way. I know there's the ebbs and flows of a season where there's going to be times where you get a little streaky and you, you know, you find your game. And I know we overanalyze things to death, but I feel like tonight is a really, really big game. And uh, especially for both teams. Yeah. And I think for Toronto, they have to continue and start on time. You saw Matthew scoring within the first minute uh, against the Oilers, but you know, this team, and I noticed it in that first half of the Edmonton game. They had a lot of urgency. They were, it looked like a playoff game atmosphere. And, uh, you know, I have an assistant coach uh, that I coach with minor hockey and he's a, he's a hockey buff where he's watching Colorado all the time, Rangers. And he's like, these guys play with so much pace consistently. And I think with the Leafs, they sometimes just take their foot off their gas where they look like they're just going through the motions where they're just sparring with their opponents. So I think for them, they have to develop that killer instinct. And that's why I think they've been blowing uh, leads in their three of their last four games. They're just sort of, they do not have that killer instinct. They had the ability to be up for nothing, um, you know, against the Edmonton Oilers. And you're looking at a player like Bertuzzi who hadn't scored in 
nine games or something like that. That's a, you know, you're going to the net there. That's off your stick. That's got to be in the net or the rebound. So I think you got to have that mentality saying, you know what, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have my foot on the gas. We're going to do it for 60 minutes. And this Calgary Flames, they're trending in the right direction, four wins in a row. They're they're flirting with the playoff spot as well, too. They have some players that are underachieving, but everyone keeps forgetting. Everyone's writing off the Calgary Flames. 80% of the pundits had Calgary Flames as a Stanley Cup contender last year. And the wheels obviously fell off. A lot of players underachieving. Uh, so I think for them, they want to prove some people wrong, but they have a good top six. They have some good defense that play the right way. It's not going to be an easy game. So I think for the Leafs, they have to find a way to come out, have a good start, uh, get that first goal, but just consistently now, um, you know, find a way to keep your foot on the gas, and especially teams. Oh, for. Oh, for six, their last four games after going three for three versus the San Jose Sharks and their seven one win. They have to capitalize on that power play. So especially teams got to play special. All four lines rolling, not just relying on the top guys and uh, a full 60 minute game. Yeah, no. And that's something I, I totally agree with. And you and you touch on this stat. And the last game was against the San Jose Sharks. They did it, which is yep. arguably, you know, <laughs> I scored that like, game. <laughs> yeah, I right. Like this game, is a game. I think you had a shutout, right? So, <laughs> oh, we could come back and still probably make that team right now, right? That's coming off my Mexico trip. So yeah. this is uh, yeah. this is something that I think that we need to understand is that this team needs to find a way to win these games against tough teams, right? And you talk about that killer instinct where you look at that start to the Edmonton game. You know, Matthew scores in the first like. I don't know, time was 10, 15 seconds in. And my take is that Bertuzzi has a chance to put that puck in the net. That's got to go in the net, right? Because now you, you're you putting the pressure on this team. Even Pontus Humberg, he has, a, he has a chance. Pontus has a chance here. Skinner makes a huge save. Where these are key moments in these tight games where you need to find a way to find the back of the net. Where I think that for me, it's it's they just don't have that killer instinct right now. And then all of a sudden, as the game goes on, and, and now you start to fall back on that structure, it's where it starts to get a bit questioning. So there it's just going to be a tough matchup tonight. Cause I think this team is finding its stride now in Calgary and their goalies have been playing well too. I think Markstrom is finding his identity now and he's getting back to his game. So I played against Mark Markstrom a bunch and I, and I've always been a big fan of his game. He's, he reminds me a lot when I played with Pekka Rennie, he's a bigger guy. Sometimes he can over move, but when he gets settled in and he starts playing his position, man, this guy, there's no net. Like he fills the net. I was always jealous of these guys. Cause I was playing at 6-1, about, you know, 195, 200 pounds. So a decent size goalie, but probably small on NHL standards. Marky is so big that when this guy is dialed in and he's just letting the game come to him, there is a not a lot of space. Very similar to what you just saw in Edmonton with Stuart Skinner. He's dialed in. So I think tonight is going to be a tough challenge to get to the net and get those dirty goals, right? Where we're talking about offensive zone time, like the stat you brought up, they're lowest in the league. Off the rush is going to be hard, right? They have big D-men. They have guys that are going to eat up time and space. So who's going to go to those areas and get the greasy goals and find that way to play that playoff hockey? Because I think tonight is one of those games where it'll see who can step up and really get into those tough areas. Yeah, with the, with the Flames, they really shut down in the defensive zone. You have to earn your ice and you know have to play with a sense of urgency. So for them, they have to find a way. And trust me, it's great. I, I, I teach the young kids now about the rolling and the activating D shooting down the wall. But I think it's going to be meat and potato goals that are going to be beating the goaltenders for Calgary Flames. So I'm not sure. Is Markstrom confirmed tonight or is he still out? Or I'm, I'm not too sure. But um, they just called up a kid from the uh, Czech Republic here that was playing uh, in, in the minors or six foot eight, 
250 pounds. So he's going to be up and down. And so that bottom six better be prepared for that as well. And that's what I like. And that's what I want to see in a team, a good team, a good, consistent, contending team. The stars are going to have off nights. You know, you, you can't be consistent. You know, even if you're scoring 70 goals, there's still 12 games that you're not scoring, right? So they're probably getting those goals in majority of, uh, you know, 50 or 60 games. So the stars can't show up every night. And I used to be, I used to love it when the stars were struggling because it'd be an opportunity for me to show what I can do. I was a fourth line guy. And, you know, when I got up to the third line, I'd be like, yeah, that's great. I want a penalty kill now. Let me block shots and go above and beyond. And what it did is challenge my line mates. I don't think there's really that competition uh, for ice time amongst this group. No matter how good or how bad you're going to do, you're probably in the same spot. But now you're seeing now Holmberg being up on the, the top line as, as well, too. And Nyes is being uh, shut down as well. So I think for the Leafs, they have to have that internal competition, but I want to see some more. It's easy to point the fingers at the Marners the last couple of weeks, Tavares, and challenge him, but I want to see these middle six and bottom six guys really, really step up because they got to get you a couple wins if you want to get into that 40-50 game win mark throughout the season. Yes, for sure. You need those guys to step up, those depth guys. And obviously, you know, there's always a storyline. The chat's buzzing here. Lots of talk about Kadri, which is always, uh, you know, Kadri against the Leafs is something that always you like to see, especially someone brought up here, Domi versus Kadri kind of match up here. You know, those two guys that are going to be, you know, headline tonight. But for me, looking at this matchup and just blowing these leads lately you know, is not a good sign, especially a team that's been struggling to win in regulation, you know, having leads and finding ways to shut things down late in games, which is uh, finding that killer instinct. And for me, you know, Nylander just signs that big ticket, right? And he's at, he's pointless in four straight, straight outings, which is like, is it one of these things where it's like, I got my bag now I'm shutting the mill. And I only use the term bag. Cause I heard you say that when we we're doing that Christmas special <laughs> that didn't air. And like, man, he got we the bag. For that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know, no. man. They didn't, they used us hard on that one, but you know, it's one of those things. It's like, is he going to be non-existent now? Cause he honestly, he got his money, man. And that is a lot of, but when cash. you put it in perspective, um, you know, what can he buy now that he can't buy with his last contract that he had? Right. When you think about it. Right. So the one thing that I'm worried about is, and it's the prime example in the prime line, it's tough to go for a run when you have silk pajamas, that's the old boxer adage. So for me, when you get that check for $11 million on July 1st, what are you doing from July until September training camp? Are you training? Are you getting prepared? Are you getting ready for the season? So for me, I I think that motivation in the summer and that sort of tails into the beginning of the season, but you're looking at guys like Matthews, great start Marner as well too. So I think for Nylander, there's going to be a grace period here. Give him some time, but there's going to be expectations. People were on him the last couple of years and he's been probably one of the most consistent forwards. So I know he's had an off game uh, last couple of games or or a series since he's scored those uh, signed that big contract, but this has been amongst the big forwards. I think he's been probably next to Matthews, the most, consistent forward yes his game drifts off into a little bit floating territory his back checking is sometimes that that lack lack thereof uh but again when it matters the playoffs he steps up he comes in place but going forward now when this ticket uh steps up and kicks in he's gonna have to perform every single night and it takes a special player right the Pasternak's the Marchands uh the McKinnon's the McCars those guys do it but I'd love to see them do it in this market where every single fumble they bring it up so part of it it's the market but at the end of the day it comes with the responsibility of being a high played player in Toronto if you took the money it comes with the territory you have to find a way to perform no ifs ands or buts yeah, it's one of those things. It's uh, you, what have you done for me lately market, right? And it's tough. And that's across the bear, right? So even I, I think Nylander's been 
unbelievable this year, as long with Matthews, right? These guys where that bottom six needs to pick up time. They need to help. He needs to know, like, I touch on Keith's comments talking about after 42 games, I still have questions about who I can rely upon. You know, who is that a shot at, right? Where he's worried about in the trying to in tie hockey games, who's he going to put over the boards that he knows that can give him a shift that isn't going to end up with a puck in the net, right? And this isn't about the stars. This isn't about scoring goals. These are about the guys that he can rely on every time to go over the wall. You know how it is, Stewie. If you're not a scorer, you need to be counted on playing the walls, getting pucks out into the neutral zone, getting pucks in deep, or even creating like icings on the other team. You're pinning them in so the big boys can go out and do their work, right? So this is something you you know. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you played with Clark MacArthur. I don't think you have, but uh, you know when we were in in the minors together with uh, in Rochester, I used to get called up. I got called up nine times one year to uh, to the Florida Panthers, and I'd come back after one or two games. So I played 26 games, and my stat line was zero goals, zero assists, zero points, uh, zero penalty minutes, zero plus minus. And he would always make fun of me. Ooh, the ghost is back! The ghost of Christmas. There was no record of me even being in these games, and I didn't have any coach pull me aside or tell me that's what I need to do. I need to go out and fight or do something. That you have to figure that out yourself. So I think a lot of these guys and some of them, especially in the bottom six, are just going through the games, floating through the games, saying, "Well, you know what? If the game's on the line, Matthews, Marner, JT are going to step up and win us this game." But you have to have that internal hunger to say, "I want to have responsibility. I want to be the guy that's out there." Uh, protecting a lead and that's the worst thing a coach can say I don't know who I can trust or who I can put out there when we're and that's after 42 games that's the worst compliment you can give a group so if I'm a guy that's a bottom six guy or a middle six guy that I'm taking that personally and saying I got to step up and hold my keep so whether you're playing seven minutes nine minutes 11 minutes I go back to my days in Carolina I was playing seven and a half minutes a night I was playing with um, Tim Brent as a centerman, and we had Derek Jawson as a winger who was a defenseman. I still finished with 20 points, still had 40 uh, penalty minutes or whatever, and I was still involved every single night. I made the most of what I was um, given, and that was a veteran NHL guy of 10 years saying, I have to figure this out. So I think for these guys, it's, well, you know, better luck next year, or we're going to trade some guys and get an opportunity. No, you have to seize the moment. You have to come in and earn your opportunity, earn a spot. Show, hey, you know what? Instead of them giving uh, Bertuzzi a, a five-year deal at five and a half, maybe I'm going to step up and be the guy that can step into that top six and play a good, reliable role. Just think about it. Before Nyes uh, and Robertson, when is the last time a second-round draft pick has played for the Toronto Maple Leafs? How are you not developing a Simon Benoit? How are you not developing? The, that's the most basic defenseman you've ever seen. And he's, everyone's like, wow, this guy's amazing. We got to lock him in. Are we going to be able to afford him? You should be able to develop five of those guys in the last uh, 10, 12 years. So I think it's easy to point the finger at the top guys. But, you know, I knew when I was sitting in a situation like this, the onus was on me and I would go above and beyond to try to make an impact. And when there was a collective of us trying to make an impact, that's when it would lead to wins. That's when it lead to us, you know, having a bigger impact on the game and performing well, which pushed the team and made the team get a couple extra wins. Yeah. And it's important. Right. And you know, the grind of the season, just like I do. Right. And there's nights where the big dogs can't get it done or they're struggling, or it's a game where like, Sometimes guys get checked out, right? Like the fans hate to hear that, but there's a night where like, man, this game isn't going our way. This goalie's hot, blah, 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 where that's where you have those depth guys, the third, fourth liners that go out, throw a big check, get some momentum going, get pucks in. I I always touch on when I played in St. Louis, 
a line that was great for us was Scotty Upshaw, Kyle Brodziak, Ryan Reeves. I know Reeves takes a ton of heat, but when we were playing at St. Louis, this fourth line won us so many games because our star player, Vladimir Tarasenko, would be checked out, right? There's nights where these guys, the star players can't be on, but they would get the puck in, forecheck the heck out of the team, get them, pin them down low, down low, down low, get an icing or get an offensive zone faceoff. And now these big dogs go out and now they're getting their looks they want, right? They're getting a team, a line that's tired or they draw a power play or they get something to get the momentum going in a game where this is where I struggle with this hockey team is that bottom six finding ways to get, you know, win the game for the top six, right? The top six, not every night can win it. You need to have that. And obviously I, I there's issues in the back end of that, but this bottom six, like look at this matchup in, in the East. Like, is there any team you think you could face right now in the Atlantic that you're going to beat like in a seven game series where it's going to be a dice roll, right? Like Florida is playing really good. They've dropped three straight, but Florida is a dangerous hockey team. Boston Bruins just seem to, no matter who they lose, they seem to have the structure and this culture and it's been created. When I look at this Toronto Maple Leafs team, I don't feel the same way other than like the superstars being superstars going off. So this is where I think it's going to be tough for me to believe in this team moving forward. You're 100% correct. Right. And you know, you're, you're describing these types of players, right. But how much do those players usually cost in a normal market, right? Those are the two and a half, the three and a half million dollar guys. And you can't get those guys on this team, right? Because you're so top heavy, right? So that era here lies the big, big problem with this group, right? Can you get a guy at one and a half million to come in and do that? You, you might be able to get one, but you cannot fill those bottom six roles with those guys that can step in and have a positive impact on the roster. You're talking about free agency, usually free agency. If you get 60% success rate on your, on your free agents, you're, you're, you're laughing and it hasn't been the case with this Toronto Maple Leafs team. So I think internally they need to have a way to figure out. And if you can't, and if you don't have the group, well, you have to have the system that insulates and protects your, um, you know, your, your shortcomings. And I think that's the issue. They have some shortcomings like, well, you know what? We have the talent that can, um, you know, outscore, outperform our shortcomings. And that's great. That can happen maybe in a two game season, but in the playoffs, teams will capitalize and expose your shortcomings. And everyone could say, ah, you know, they didn't score enough goals against Florida Panthers. They got beat up. They got run out of the building. It wasn't even close that whole entire game. They didn't have that will. So those guys, you know, where's the Calorans? Where are these guys that help get you over the top? There's guys that get you to the playoffs and there's guys that get you through the playoffs. But the guys that get you through... They're the Hymans, they're the Mikheyevs, they're the Trevor Moores who scored his 21st goal the other night that they had internally, right? So that's the problem. There's like this conveyor belt from, it goes from do, 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 800, one and a half, oh, you're off the conveyor belt. Or do, 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 oh, you're making, you're going to be making three, do, do, you're gone and we're recycling. So that's the problem where you, you're so top heavy and you're so thin on your bottom six with consistent fours that can step up and have an impact. And those players cost a premium and you just can't get them. And if not, you have to find a way to draft and develop them and give them an opportunity. Yeah. And they need to be developed from within. So, you know, in my time with the Leafs and even being a black ace for a bit, what I found is with the Marlies and with the Leafs is there's no like step up to the NHL, in my opinion, like in other organizations, when you're in the American league and you have just a Gatorade jug and a few protein bars, we're like, you get to the NHL, you're like, holy fuck, this is unbelievable, right? Like the step up in quality, in lifestyle and earning it where like, I know it's great and they have a lot of, 
I think about like too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Like these guys get on the ice and there's like a skating coach, a shooting coach, a stretching coach. I remember getting sent with the Leafs to like work on like some body mobility with a lady. I was like, what is going on, man? Like there's so many moving parts where it's like, it's great, right? There's tons of resources, but I think there needs to be like a, I'm in the minors. Now I'm in the NHL, right? There needs to be something that's earned, not like it needs to be, you know, to the quote is like to much that is given lots is expected, right? Where when you're already getting it right away, let's like make these guys earn it. And I think sometimes that hurts the development of guys, but that's just my personal opinion on it. And I also think now getting into that, what we talked about is if you're not developing within, it's hard to just go buy guys, right? It's just when you get the free agent market, now all of a sudden, like, I've been a free agent. I've been the guy where I, you know, you can hold teams to the flames and try to make your money, right? Because you I, you have a short window to make it and it's it's hard to sign guys for cheap. So it'll be interesting moving forward, I think, with the trade deadline looming and with the holes in this team, you know, what they do and where they can can find these paces. So it'll be interesting to see. So I think for uh, for me, you know, what do you think as the trade deadline looms, you know, where someone or a player or a goalie defenseman, you know, that is in the market for this team that they can afford. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be sellers, right? So can you get a Hannafin that can step in and, and, and give you some good two-way playing as well too? You know, there's some rumors that he might be resigning with the Calgary Flames or who may be, but you go back to the assets. What assets do they have that they can really get rid of, right? Last year, they were dangling Matthew Nyes. I said, well, not a chance. He's probably their only guy that could step in and play within the next 18 months consistently, right? So what assets do you have? Are you going to be giving up for another first rounder? Are you going to be giving up uh, Minton or some of these guys? I don't think they really want to get that. So you ha- again, yes, you're in a win, no, win now, Matt, now, win mode now, but what can you say is going to, going to come in here and really step up and be an upgrade, right? They made all these moves last year. And like you said, it maybe hit at 50%, probably less than 50%. So tree living again, only having so many bullets, is he going to come in and really try to revamp this roster at the deadline? Or is he going to take his time? He's going to have some money coming off the books in the off season and really make a calculated effort to really rebuild this roster. So I'm not sure what he's going to do. There's going to be some pressure from the media. And again, maybe he is uh, influenced by that. Maybe, maybe not, but what can you really go out there and afford that's going to come in and make a huge, huge upgrade? Are you going to really going to get a top four defenseman? You've lost that in Klingberg who you signed. He didn't play perform like that, but that's who you brought him in to be. Can you now get another number four defenseman? What's that going to cost, right? Are you going to get another scoring winger that can step in in the bottom six and, you know, maybe win some face-offs or play on the wing and center that costs a premium as well. So it's easy to say what they can do or what they should do, but do they have the ability to do that? And I just don't think they have the assets that they're worth giving up to get that at this point. No. And I agree with you, Stewie, right? It's like, what are you going to give up to at this point? Right. That you, you can't, uh, it's tough, right? It's a tough situation around, but that was a quick uh, 40. So I'd like to head to the next one here. Uh, segment three here, Batano wrap up. The Batano wrap up is presented by Batano.ca. The game starts now. 19 plus, please play responsibly. So that was quick, buddy. We are getting good at this. This chat is buzzing. I, w- I don't know how Alberga does this, man. I'm trying to read this chat. Someone giving me crap because I swore. Uh, hopefully they don't show this. My mom's going to be mad at me. But it's <laughs> honestly one of those things, man. This this has been fun, obviously, talking Leafs here. Uh, any Any bets you like tonight? Anything you see in tonight's slate? You know, whether it's the Leafs, Flames, or something that you think could hit. 
Um, let me just check right now. I'm usually good with it. I'm not really a betting guy, but I'm going to go right now. I'm going to pick the under. And again, you never want to be voting for no goals or no offense. But I think right now teams are going to be focusing on defense, not giving up the leads. I'm going hitting the under uh, for Calgary versus Toronto. And I'm going to go anytime goal by Austin Matthews. So instead of gambling, maybe go, uh, you know, do a pro line or, you know, bet your friend five cents. I don't like anyone losing any money. Don't take that to heart. So I say uh, Matthews anytime goal and the under Toronto Calgary tonight. I, I like the under and really going on a limb taking Matthews anytime goal there. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's hot though. Anyone hotter than him might be Sam Reinhardt right now, but it's honestly, I think this game is going to be a good one watching the flames play the other night and the comeback against the coyotes. They were good. That whole game. Um, they were down two. They came back, end up winning in an overtime on a late play. I think this is going to be a huge matchup tonight. I do like the under here, and I want to say, I don't know if Samsonov starting or Jones. We don't have that yet, but I'm going to take the saves over because I think whoever's in net tonight is going to get peppered because I think this Flames team is rolling right now. They're going to come out buzzing, and, and this should be a good game, I think, just in the fact of what's going to be offered and what's expected. This is like going to be a playoff atmosphere tonight, and I'm excited to watch this one. So it should be uh, good to tune in. I know the boys, uh, Nick's playing out there pond hockey out in Jasper, Alberta. So hopefully it'd be nice if we had a live shot of Nick playing his pond hockey game out there. We'll see if we could. Uh, I, I think he's going to be. Uh, I imagine it's dusty. Yeah. And if the Islander, I'm sure there's going to be some Islander fans trying to catch him so they can chirp him. But uh, no, that's great. You did yeah, a great yeah. job today. And, you know, kudos to Rosie and uh and Nick and on such a great show and I'm privileged to be here. It's great. And great guys, really great guys, great hosts as well too. So it was really, really great working with you today. Yeah. Thanks Stewie. Obviously that was fun. And, and that does it for today until next time, uh, you know, enjoy your weekend and uh, we'll check out this game tonight. Go Leafs go.